With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the episode today. I've been joined by Jacob Southcline. Hello. Good evening. Uh, Yes, just waving, Jacob's not going to work on that one, is it? <laughs> on the audio. <laughs> Great start. And also, I've been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hi. Well, we're here to talk about Reading losing at home against Leeds United 1-0. I didn't think it was a bad performance. I mean, there's been a really mixed response on social media, as you always expect. We didn't have many shots, but when I look back at the stats, we actually had two shots on target, which was exactly the same as Leeds. So even though they had a lot of possession, they didn't do that much with it. We restricted it. But Jacob, what was your kind of immediate feeling at full time? Uh, I mean, right up until the 87th minute, I was really positive. Um, I thought we gave them a real go. Um, it was almost a perfect away performance, but at home if that makes sense. But that's testament to what a quality side leads out at the moment. If they don't go up automatically, then there's something majorly wrong. Um, you know, all around the pitch, you could see, hang on a minute, like we are playing against a team that's got to be in the Premier League next year. Um, but saying that, we contained them nicely and we were giving them problems. And I know you said it was tight in terms of the amount of chances that either side have. Uh, I, I know that we're probably going to talk about Puskas's miss later on. And it's annoying that we have to do that again, especially after Brentford. But um, overall, now that I've slept on it, I don't feel too hard done by, you know, it's, it's, it is another loss and I know it's two in a row, but I don't think we would have put in that same performance a few months ago. Um, I think we would have been rolled over. So there are little green shoots of positivity to be found. And, you know, it's, um, I think once we, Matt was saying offline how um, we've played the two tightest defences in the league now in two games. And if we come up against other opposition, we play like that. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You've got to put in perspective. We played the team that's now top of the league, eighth in the league. And in both games, we've been in them. We haven't been demolished or kind of wiped out by that team. Yeah, we haven't had lots of chances but I didn't really go into that expecting many chances but what did you make of the changes before the match with Gunter coming in and Mate coming in Matt um well Gunter coming in I think is always going to split opinion but I think when you're playing a team like Leeds um it, well, it, I think it'd just be a pretty reckless to put in you know a young a young guy like Teddy Howe or um putting um Renamoto at right back or wing back, um, so I, I, you know, I, you, you can't really have any. Well, when you look at it rationally, you can't really have too many complaints. I don't think because you know at the end of the, he still played nearly three hundred games for us. You know, he, he's 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 not he's he's not going to start every week for us, but he's more than more than capable capable um, backup, and especially for a game 
um, like against Leeds, um, and I think he he he, he didn't do any 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 um, disservice to try and obviously push push the first team. I think he's going to start pushing Yidon because he didn't do anything wrong. He probably had one of the better games of anyone in the team, I think, to be honest. Um, but Mate, I, I would have preferred to see um, Boyer opt up with with Puskas because I think when you when you put Puskas and Mate up, up front, I mean, I love both of them. I love Mate for how much he gives to the team, but you, you're putting probably two of the most technically ungifted players we have up front together which I just I just don't think the combination that's really ever going to work and they're they're two quite single-minded players as well if you pop um Boyer even if you put Boyer next to Mate or Boyer next to Puskas you've got the runner there who can run the channels um obviously very good with it with the ball at his feet Boyer as well um kind of kind of like Bulldog, obviously, and I think he he would have been the better like for like replacement, really. I would have thought, but um, obviously, I, I think he's he's only recently come back from injury, so maybe he's not 100%. But who knows? But um, but yeah, I, that's what I would have done. I would have put Boye next to this gas personally. So yeah, we might see that change when we go and play uh, Wigan on Saturday. But there was a moment when they did link up in the first half, Mate and Puskas, well, almost linked up. Should Puskas have done better there, or was the pass too far ahead of Puskas uh, from Mate, Jacob? Uh, I don't know. It's, I think if you take the incident in isolation, it's like, well, fine, he, he hasn't scored. But I was on the podcast, what, this time a month ago, and I was still saying then, oh, you know, he'll come good, he'll come good, he just needs time. But he's getting the time now. I mean, we're near, it's nearly the January transfer, and that is not going to help matters as well um, when... Um, you have rumours swirling this morning saying we all of a sudden going to accept offers for him come January. I don't think that is the right thing to do and I don't think the club are going to do that. But as time goes on, inevitably the pressure is going to ramp up on him. And I, for, for someone that we've had an £8 million outlay on, it's moments like that that he's going to forge his reputation upon or he's going to come in for stick for. So... It's, it's frustrating because I did kind of wince when he missed it, thinking this is going to dominate the post-match narrative again online, unfairly or not. But there was a similar moment against Brentford the game before. And there have been moments earlier in the season, even when Gomez was still here, where you think, had a couple of them gone in, the chances he's had, would Gomez still be here? And it's like little tiny moments like that where if we'd been at home to Leeds and we'd taken the first goal and we'd we won nil up, how would that have panned out? You know, it's so many what ifs. I know, but I don't know. I think he still does need a bit of protection because it's not. He doesn't seem outwardly unhappy. He seems to be working hard, and I still do think that at its heart, like. He, he is a quality player, but he just needs to start putting them away. He's still our top goal scorer. Still, still our joint top goal scorer. There was a statistic that we have got. So, as he is our top goal scorer with three, and all of those goals have come on television, <laughs> um, he is. So, Reading have got the top scorer with the fewest goals in the league. Um, so, like, the goals are spread amongst the team, but it would be really handy if he could start popping a couple of ways sometime soon. But, you know, whether it's going to happen or not, I don't know. I just don't know anymore. 
Yeah, I was hoping hit the Sky Sports thing on TV would hit him again, and then he'd bang in a goal, and then you know all the pressure comes off him. I mean, he hasn't scored at home for such a long period of time. It would be amazing for him to have that moment in a big match as well. For whatever you want to say against Leeds, they always bring a crowd. I mean, half of them were in the home end, weren't they? So we all saw them all. But there was another moment that came just before uh, halftime when Matey has a header from a corner from a John Swift delivery. Should he do better there, Matt? Um, it's, I think it's two of one half a dozen of the other because he, he, he does pretty much all he needs to do with the connection and heading it into the ground. But it's straight at the goalkeeper. I mean, you might have a goalkeeper that lets it go through the legs. But, you know, you're playing Casilla, who's controversially but he's one of the better goalkeepers in the league um you, you you'd hope he'd get it either side of the goalkeeper but he, he did make it pretty easy for for Casilla to say but but it was pr- pretty much the best chance either team had really uh, until until the Leeds goal really so I mean it, it, it was it it's a shame he couldn't have done better and like all the what ifs and stuff had it had it have gone in but uh, it, it was it was a it was a good attempt. It wasn't wasn't anything, you know, hugely spectacular, I don't think. But Yeah, I mean we go into the second half and I felt quite even both teams was a bit counter attacking like a basketball match at some points and but there was no huge chances until Dallas hits the bar from the sixty fourth minute. I mean, that was a hell of a shot. I mean, if if you score that goal Defensively, I'm sure someone would say, oh, well, you've got to close him down quicker. But sometimes if someone's going to put in a shot like that, you just got to accept it. If you're going to make the opposition score from that far out, I think that that's not really a bad reflection. But then after then, our best chance, I would say, of the game comes for Morrison. Swift free kick. Yakumete kind of scuffs a shot. It's not easy. That's not a reflection on him. But then it falls to Morrison. You want it to fall to anyone. Bob Morrison at that point, probably. But if that goes in, we are set up absolutely perfectly to defend a 1-0 lead. And I think we probably would have... Oh, you never know, dreading this impossible. But I think we might have seen it at home. Do you think that was the moment when it could have been a change, huge moment for Marpo in there, Jacob? Yeah, it's, it was a centre-back's effort. And I know that he's got quite an impressive goal-scoring record, Morrison, usually, you know, especially with his heads. Um, he, he scored an absolute hatful for Birmingham um, whilst he was there. But, and, he's, and he scored a couple for us from similar situations as well. But like you say, with the time left on the clock, I reckon it would have given us the second win that we needed to run it down. You know? But instead, as time was dragging on and you just thought, Rather than nicking three points and it being a smash and grab, it then became a question of, are we going to hold out for a point? And it's almost like our ambition. And uh, as, I, as we got more and more tired, like it was like, right, OK, fine, hold on for a nil-nil. But that, obviously that didn't transpire um, either. So I don't know. It's It was a game of real fine margins. And you would not have known that it was the team that are now first in the league against a team that are, or were before kickoff 18th, right? So... To me, it's a mark of our improvement. Um, but otherwise, I thought the defence, Morrison included, had an excellent game. Um, the goal that we ended up conceding, and I know we'll come on to it in a little bit, but 
it was just a sequence of little knock-ons and like unfortunate little flicks or um, deflections where you thought on another day we probably would have been all right and not conceded that because it was Boyer who I thought had an all right game when he came on that it was, it was deflected from the other end, wasn't it? And worked downfield by Alioski and whatever. But yeah, so Morrison probably would have, he, he was gutted when he missed it. You could see he was like, how have I missed that? But, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. No, it's one of those moments that can change the whole season. We get a win against Leeds and all of a sudden the team are feeling kind of so much confidence in the fans behind them. You know, all their free buses and uh, for uh, the travel to Wigan, all booked up. Motorway full of Reading fans, all clogged up, 4,000 away and sold out. OK, maybe I'm getting a little bit giddy, maybe 400. But it would be like, it just makes you feel so much better, wouldn't it? But yeah, being Reading Football Club, we don't work that way. We work in a pain threshold increasing on a seasonal basis. 87th minute, we have a free kick. Swift takes it and, you know, he creates a shot. Casillas saves it quite comfortably. And then talk us through what happens after that, Matt. It's just a bunch of bad moments. Well, I think some credit has got to be given to Leeds because it was a brilliant counter-attack. It was, was a fantastic yeah. counter-attack. The way it came about was actually quite fortuitous because it was a pretty tame free kick from Swift. He was never really going to score from there. But Casillas pretty much spilled it out. He didn't even really save it. He goes to, he goes to grab it and he spills it out. And then obviously Boye tries try, tries to flick it around the defender, I think, but doesn't. And then it, I can't remember who did the, cro- the cross field ball, but it was a fantastic ball across. Um, but then, you know, some people will say the defending should be tighter, but it's the 87th minute and, you know, Leeds are counter-attacking with an incredible amount of pace. I think it's just, it's just, like you say, it was almost just a catalogue of little yeah. unfortunate, not not errors, but just... Um, unfortunate moments that just led to the goal and then the deflection off the cross I mean it couldn't have put it nicer to Harrison on the back post he didn't even need to head it he just needed to run into the ball really and it, it was like like I said I think, I think some credit has to go to Leeds and you can see why you know they have such a potent attack because the way they counter attack is something else it really is and, and I, for the most part of the game we did well to nullify it but it eventually snaps and I, I just think you've just got to sometimes you do just have to put your hands up and just say that's that's football at the end of the day you know we we were defending very well but we were defending very deep and it, it, it I think it, that's just something you've just got to put down as it happens really and you know you can't really fault many of the players for it I don't think yeah I mean talking of defending there when you watch it back, both Miazga and Moore are caught so far up the pitch. Um, mm. I don't know. Obviously, we want to win the game in the mm. 87th minute. Do you think, Jacob, both our centre-half should be going up for that? Yeah, I mean, it's... Again, it's... You can't question the ambition. No. We did keep on going and trying to nick a goal towards the end. Um, we didn't just set up for a point at home, which is nice to see. But at the same time, like you say, is there a bit of naivety when you have both Miazga and Moore that far up the pitch? Um, I, I, I probably would suggest that there is, but you can forgive them for it, or I will, because yeah. they Miazga's got goals this season from being in an advanced position. It's not inconceivable that it could have happened again. 
Um, Moore, on the whole, I thought had an excellent game. Like it was a captain's performance from him where recently he might have been coming in for a bit of stick um, and has not maybe been at the top of his game 100% of the time this season, but then no one in the team has been. So, But it, it was, again, it's fine margins. It's, we, you know, we are, we are now talking about, you know, positioning of players and knock-ons as opposed to talking about effort and lack of nous and that sort of thing. Like the conversation is now shifted onto little tiny frustrating details rather than massive overarching big insurmountable problems, yeah. uh, which is a good thing for me. Like you can plot a steady like rate of progress and find it might not be happening overnight for us. But uh, I mean, if we've come away from a one nil defeat at home to Leeds feeling this sort of, not, maybe not hard done by, but maybe what could have been. Like that's a that's a, a plus for me. That's a positive. Yeah, I totally agree. Go on, Matt. No, yeah, I think I think the fact that you know we're almost criticising two of our three centre backs for being up the pitch in the eighty seventh minute is, you know, compared to what we were comparing or criticising yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah, you know, it is. It's it's, it's it's it does show you know that this team is coming along, and I think defensively. Um, the team is so much, so much better off now. So much better off. You know, we, it, it, you know, we weren't just playing two of the best defense or um, defenses. More Mer- American football head kicking in there saying defense. <laughs> 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 we're not, we're not, we're, we're not, we're not playing just two of the best defenses. We're, we're playing two of the best attacks as well. I think Leeds. I can't remember if they were top. They're, they're definitely be one of the top scorers. And Brentford is, you know, such a free flowing team, and we we limited both of them to you know so little chances and yes some people will say that 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 we're playing five at the back but it's it's working it it really is working and and all the best teams are built on that solid solid defense um and it, it, i think it's it's giving us a brilliant platform to 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 move forward and now you, you know we've almost sorted the defense out we need to keep that obviously the way it is but start start looking at at, at going forwards attacking wise um combinations up front and i think Zhao coming back in will will be good for everyone i think even puskas because it gives puskas the opportunity to have almost a time on the bench which could help him just take him out of the spotlight a bit um so i like i think it, it, it it's all i like i i think there's 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 only really really reason to be cautiously optimistic at the moment i think um just the way everything's going and I think and especially with the run of fixtures um, Wigan Birmingham Barnsley coming up um, two tough away games obviously in Barnsley and Wigan but if we want to be moving up the table these are the games we now got to look at and think right we've got to you know look at these make a statement or not make a statement but get results um, you know our season aren't going to be defined away at Brentford and at home to Leeds you know the games we need to be looking at are these three coming up really so no no I totally agree with all your points there it's just that he's kind of with Mark Bowen he's come in and he's we look a much tighter team Mm -hmm. all over the pitch I can't emphasize how kind of loose we looked under Gomez towards the end there was massive gaps all over the place and I know the players say that they black them and all this but it didn't look right I don't know what was going on in the dynamics of that change room because nobody really knows Every single player, it's impossible to know that. 
But I feel far more confident going forward. And I know some people have been saying, oh, Bowen's going to be found out. He's lost two consecutive games. But as you've said, you've got to put that into the context of who we played. Mm. And matches that he had to win, he won. He beat mm. Millwall and he beat the other team as well, who's gone out of my head. And I'm Luton. trying to remember who it is now. Luton. Luton, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you were going to say like I think, like I think, um, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say now. <laughs> I'm sure it's cracking content, but I think we should look at the next three matches that we've got coming up. We've got Wigan, Birmingham, and Barnsley. What do you think, Jacob? How many points are we going to be bringing back to Berkshire? We've we've got to be aiming for we've got to be aiming for nine. And I know that sounds patently ridiculous compared, to like, from where we've come from, but. Before we've had this run of two defeats to two good teams, we were unbeaten against better teams than in Birmingham and Barnsley. So we've got to be aiming for nine. And if it transpires that we maybe get two scrappy away draws or like a draw and a win and then a win at home, then that's that's brilliant and that's progress. Um, And for me, with the players we've got, to come back into the team now as well because you forget the, the performance that we put in um, against Leeds at home yesterday. We were missing Yearden, who has been impressive for me. Uh, and I'm not, that's not to say that Gunter didn't do well because I thought that having been out the team so long, he did himself no disservice. Um, but we got Yearden to come back. It was another attacking point, um, you know, with his crossing and runs and... Uh, Zhao, I know Matt touched on him earlier, but if we'd had Zhao in the team, maybe ahead of Mate against Leeds, then he would have provided brilliant hold-up play uh, and maybe taken a bit of the pressure off Puskas. Um, so we got players to come back into the fold uh, and that quite a nice time as well because we don't have another international break now until next year. Thank God. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, that is my feeling there, totally. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully now, Given that we've got a window of opportunity with the fixtures in our next three, we can kick on. Um, and it's just about keeping it tight and churning out the same performances we've been putting in. Because even though we lost our last two, we did not play badly. That's why I'll be so disappointed if we go to Wigan now and then all of a sudden let it slip. But somehow I don't think Owen's going to let that happen. So I'm feeling quite good for yeah, no, I'm feeling confident as well. But like you just said, that Wigan game is huge. If we get a win there, I think momentum's we're right back on track where we want to be at the moment. And I think we can do it. What do you think, Matt? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a tough place to go. Wigan are a very home and away kind of team. They're very good at home, very poor away from home. Um but 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 I think I've just remembered the point as well I was going to make. <laughs> um, back on the organisation front, it's, it's, it's like we've gone from being such a disorganised defence to a team where um, Leeds fans and also Brentford fans were saying that we're one of, if not the most organised team they've come up against. And I think that that only goes to show what what Bowen has done. And like it's. it's the key now, like you say, is to kick on. It's going to be such... Like, I think we'll probably be even more deflated losing to Wigan or even drawing. If we lose to Wigan, God forbid, touch wood, that we don't. But that's all of a sudden three losses on the trot again and the fans might go, oh, OK, honeymoon period's over. But this is the turning point for me, Matt. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's 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 such a key run of three games because you know you you, you know yes we played two of the best teams, but we could come out effectively barring some well we we beat Preston obviously who were at the top at the time but we'd come out of obviously play be, beating all the teams around us if if we even like I, I I still think even seven points is a pretty decent return out of out of these these three these three games coming up is it's over two points a game you know you can't really I'd like. I, I don't think there'd be too many complaints, even if it's seven points. Um, but 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 yeah, like I think the key now is I'd I'd almost want a perfect away performance against Wigan, where or or, or just I'd I'd take a perfect away performance of just you know having one shot, defend for the whole game, have one shot and score. That that's all that matters, I think, in this Wigan game. The the only thing that matters in this Wigan game is the result. Yeah. You know, just, 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 just. Yeah, no, totally. Get, just, yeah, get, get. Performances get, get, irrelevant. We've had good performances in the last two matches. I think, okay, maybe, you know, not the ideal performance, not enough shots, but I think that's an area that we just need to work on is that final third if we want to be seeing off all these teams. Because we need, who would have thought only a few weeks ago we'd be saying that losing Sam Baldock is a big loss to the team. I mean, it seems so strange how that happened, Jacob. I mean, we just kind of rely on him now with all the other injuries as well and Puskas and being out of form. I mean, what would your B front two be, uh, Jacob, if you had a choice on Saturday? I think I'm, I, I agree with you, Paul. I know I was talking about Zhao earlier, but I completely overlooked and forgot to mention Bulldog because he's been out of the conversation for so long and then all of a sudden, for me, he's somewhere, somehow out of nowhere probably part of my starting team. Mm. I think of all of the combinations that Puskas has played in this season, he's looked most at home next to Bulldog, for me personally. Mm. I'd, so if he's fit and if he can play the whole game or even, you know, chucking on Mate for him after, say, like 70 minutes, I'd start Bulldog um, easily. Um, I don't think it's got... I don't. Th- I feel like dropping Puskas would be more detrimental to him at this point than constructive, and it's we're in a bit of a difficult situation there where we need him to get goals, but dropping him I think is going to send out the wrong message, um, especially with January coming up. I think we've got to be really careful with how we play that. Um, so, I would probably start Puskas and Bulldog. Um, but it's, it's just amazing to think that all of a sudden we've got competition up front again. Because um, I know Danny Loder got on the pitch against Leeds again. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there in January, um, whether he goes out the door permanently because his contract's running out, um, or you know whether we send him out on loan and then he goes on a free in the summer. But all of a sudden we've got four or five people that can quite feasibly be up top in that front too. Yeah, so I, assume, I think we've got the supply line for them as well with Swift and Ijaria. Mm. I'm not feeling because previously we've had strikers. We had like a Vidra, and he okay, yeah, he definitely had some uh, missing absolute sitters, Vidra, but he also did not have the supply line to him as well. He needs to be played in behind all the time. I remember Troy Deeney tweeting, "How do they not know how to use uh, Vidra at Reading?" I mean, <laughs> if anybody knew, it was him. But who would you play, Matt? Um, I'd probably, uh, for Wigan anyway, um, I'd stay with, as long as Bulldog's fit, I'd stay with Bulldog and Puskas. Um, I, like, I think it, it would be a bit irresponsible to chuck Zhao straight back in. 
um, after what's he been out for nearly a uh, month, six weeks almost. It's been a while since he's played, so I think just to chuck him straight back in um, to push gas as well for his confidence, I don't, I, 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 I just think it'd be pretty irresponsible really um, to do that. So I think push Cass and Bulldog you know they've shown they have shown they they do link up well together and they do play well together and the team's almost so different when and it, it's it, it's a bit strange that Bowen has a tendency to almost take one of them or both of them off at 60 minutes and when that happens the game does completely change and up front they we, we I think we are so much better up front with with both of them and I think and well um when, when you look at how we've been um, offensively um, under Bowen, apart from the Brentford and Leeds game where we've played the two best defences in the league, we've been very, very good and we've created chances. And even against Brentford and Leeds, we still have created some some very good chances. You know, that the, the, the Puskas one against Leeds, the Mate header against Leeds, the, the Puskas chance against um, Brentford, you know, three very, very good chances. You know, which if all of them are put away, you know, it's a completely different scenario, really. Um, so, like, like I, I'm personally, I'm not too worried about the the attacking situation at the moment um, because they have proven, like I say, that against, you know, they're not the finished article. They're not going to be able to do it against Leeds or Brentford, but against, you know, the teams that 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 are going to count this year. You know, the, the mid-table teams, the lower table teams they are very very good and very effective and I, yes I, yeah go on Jacob the supply line now with mm. Jones, who've had a brilliant game again yesterday and I don't know like how on earth we've managed to swindle him away from Liverpool for three million we just this that, podcast is basically <laughs> an Ovi Ajaria um, sorry love fest every no, single yeah. week I mean, I'm comfortable with that mm. like you say Jacob that moment last night when he flicked it over the Leeds player's head and then just runs onto it, and then attempts a first-time pass. Justin, it is. It shouldn't be allowed. That needs an 18 rating. Doesn't I, he, he did give Phillips the runaround for the entire game, though, and 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 it's like so many people came in, and and I, like I have to, I, I was excited to see because um, see Phillips playing because he's a very good young player coming through, but. But Ovi Ajari almost just—it was his closing down play as well. He, he was—he he was pretty good at breaking breaking the playoff, and that's what's been nice to see about Ajaria because obviously that he, he's done that I think more than more than well for the kind of player that he is. Um, and he, 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 even the moment in the first half down um, in the wide twenty five twenty six corner where he—I think I can't remember who he sat down, but then he goes spinning around two or three more players. And it's, it's, it's just crazy that we've got this player, and it's like it's it's just such a joy to watch. It's I, I, I cannot remember a player I've enjoyed watching more than than him and and Swift as well because he's yes. completely flourished as well. They work alongside each other because I remember last season when Ajari had just come in on loan, we were saying can Ajari and Swift play in the same team, and now we know that the answer is yes because. Yeah. I mean, during one of my many moments during the day when I sit down and just think about Ovi Ajaria, I, I went we on... We all to, have them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in that club. I, <laughs> I went on to Google and I went on to um, a website, you, you will have heard of it, um, whoscored.com, and um, Ajaria and Swift are both two of the most highly rated midfielders in the league this season. 
and to have them feeding a front two is just a real joy. And like, I'm, the goals will come. The goals will come. And just I'm, after years, like you say, like the Vidra wasteland years, and you know, after season upon season of not knowing how to supply strikers and having good strikers on paper that weren't scoring, like the likes of Graben, Vidra, um, it, you know, the list goes on. Like finally, we might actually have a constant supply of assist material for them, which is exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you what was exciting was meeting both of them last Saturday after the Brentford match. I mean, you know, I'm not a teenager, but I have to admit it's quite exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there was one slightly embarrassing moment. I will say this on the podcast. On my phone, the screensaver is John Swift. So as I go to pass in the phone, he notices himself and he's like, oh, I like you. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh dear. so I do, I'll just put that one out there. But no, it is really nice. So they were yeah. kind of nice after the game. Yeah. So thank you for uh, listening to the podcast today. If you've enjoyed it, subscribe. We will be back with a preview of the Wigan game on come out on Friday. That's uh, a new one that's available. We're also going to follow us on uh, Instagram now and Facebook. So just follow us everywhere. Just get everything covered. That's why I say this is a full-on advert. You know it. It's intense. If you could see it, you'd see how intense I am. So enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We'll be back uh, in a couple of days. Cheers.